0: Chapter 16 From the Dark to Cemetery Girl Date Thursday, October 3rd, 6.48am Subject, Fate You want to know what I believe? I believe in fate, but I also believe in free will. Meaning, there's a path, but we're free to veer away from it. The only problem is... That there's no way to know whose path we're following at any given moment. Our own or fates. Other people are on their own paths too. What happens when we intersect? What happens when someone else wipes our path clean and we're left with no road to follow? Is that fate? Is that when free will kicks in? Is the path there, but invisible? Who the hell knows? I'm not in the right mood for this conversation. Or maybe I'm tired. No one should have to discuss existentialism before 7am. One thing though. You didn't put your mother in that car, cemetery girl. She made that choice. Or maybe fate made the choice for her. What's important is that you didn't. I know that's not very reassuring. I know a lot about anger and a lot about self-blame. We could reassure each other until our fingers fall off. It doesn't matter. We both know what we did. Guilt is not a competition. Or at least it shouldn't be. Mr Girardi teaches an elective, so he doesn't have a homeroom class but I know from experience that I can usually find him in his classroom before the first bell. Students crowd the main hallways, making a racket of slamming lockers and shouting greetings. But down this hallway, it's quieter. I haven't been at school this early in forever. I'm usually sliding through the front doors right before the bell rings, but today I have a mission. So I pinned my damp hair to a twist and rushed. Any other day, I'd seek the quiet solitude the Art Wings offers, but today I wish for the wild cacophony of the other students. The quiet lets my thoughts roam free, and they don't travel in happy directions. The words from his email rattle around my brain. Was he mad at me? He seemed mad. I spent half an hour trying to puzzle out his tone. I didn't think it was possible to sound encouraging, sympathetic, and pissed off, all in one email, but somehow he managed it. The classroom door is open and I slide in without knocking. I need to rush before I have a chance to trip over my anxiety. Mr Girardi looks up in surprise. A student is standing behind him, showing him something in, his, in a notebook. She looks young. I don't know her. I flush. I didn't consider that someone else might be here. This is all wrong. I can't do this. Sorry, I edge towards the door. I'll just, I'll come back. Mr Gerardi comes out of his seat. Juliet, wait. No, it was stupid. I'm going to be late for first period. I'll write you a note. Wait. I don't wait. I walk out the door and stride towards the pandeno- pandemonium. My mother's voice shames me. Have some courage, Juliet. That's a problem. I don't have her courage. I never have. If she was a firecracker spreading light across the sky, I a let match going dark before doing much of anything at all. The thought makes my feet slow. Am I following a predetermined path or am I choosing to hide behind my grief? I don't like either of those options. I turn around. Mr Gerardian is in his doorway. I wonder if he was about to follow me or if he was about to give up. I can't read his expression. It's some mix of disappointment and hopefulness. It mirrors the way I'm feeling about myself. My fingers fiddle with the strap of my backpack. My voice is thready. Just an hour. He nods like a conversation about photographs for the Fall Festival happened minutes ago instead of yesterday. He's not going to make me spell it out. I have to clear my throat. And I can use your lecture. Laker, like I have it charging right now. I nod, then bite the inside of my cheek. The pain helps sent to me. I'll be back after the final bell.